Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Ohio's Anthony Gonzalez, the latest member of Congress to join what my next guest characterizes as the self-deportation of the same. Charlie Sykes is the editor of The Bulwark, writes a provocative piece for Politico, which is right now in all of my social media. Charlie, thank you so much for coming back to the program. Good to talk with you again. Who is this fellow? Anthony Gonzalez? Yeah. Well, Anthony Gonzalez was, uh, until five minutes ago, uh, a rising star in the Republican Party, you know, <laughs> former college football star, uh, NFL player, uh, had an MBA from Stanford, 36 years old, and uh, somebody that Republicans were looking at as a possible future governor of the state of Ohio, maybe a United States senator, um, and was had a solid conservative voting record, but he committed the one unforgivable sin in the Republican Party, which was to, to refuse to go along with the big lie about the election and refused to look away from the insurrection of January 6th. So uh, he has become persona non grata, and he faced, uh, he faced a Trump-backed primary challenger. He could have stayed and fought and potentially have won that race, but ultimately decided, you know what, I just don't want to be part of this anymore. It's just, I could win but the victory wouldn't be worth it. He's persona non grata, notwithstanding the fact that, as you point out in the piece, he voted, quote unquote, right, 85 percent of the time, according to Heritage, and voted with Trump nearly 89 percent of the time while he was in the 116th Congress. Yes, exactly. I mean, this is now the Republican Party. This may seem repetitive now, but they're okay with conspiracy theories, with toying around with white nationalism, with fomenting political violence. But the one thing you can't do, if you if you voted to impeach Donald Trump, um, none of that matters. It all comes down to this. And so he had a major target on his back. And I think what's interesting about the, the Gonzalez decision, which you know surprised and disappointed a lot of people, um, was that he's not alone. You have had a massive uh, ongoing self-purge of Republicans that have looked around and said, you know what, I don't want to be part of this. I don't want to be, you know, I, I I could be a congressman for another two years, but that just means I get to spend another two years sitting in a caucus with Lauren Boebert and Paul Gosar and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Madison Cawthorn and those folks. 
sit in a caucus run by somebody like Kevin McCarthy, and I just, I just don't want to be part of it anymore. You point out, Charlie, that 23 House Republicans retired from political life yeah. in 2018. Another 20 stepped away in 2020. All told, according to 538, only 161 of the 293 Republican representatives and senators who were in office when Trump was inaugurated are still in office. What makes what makes this to me so stunning is that and you also address this for so many getting to the Congress is the epitome of their professional life. Like who could consider ever voluntarily walking away? All they usually want to do is stick around. Right. And and they usually do. But it's become so toxic. This environment has become so toxic. Um, the you know, running for re-election in this environment has become such an ugly affair. And I think that was one of the things that Anthony Gonzalez took into consideration, the, the, the threats against him and members of his family. He has, uh, he has small children, and he told the story of how he came back, to, came back home, landed at the Cleveland airport, and there are two uniformed police officers there to provide him with security. And it was like, whoa, okay, do I want to put this up? Do I want to put up with this? Do I want to put my safety and my family's safety at risk in order to keep this job. And I think a lot of members of Congress have made similar calculations and have simply decided, no, I'm out. Now, the, the problem, of course, Michael, is that if you have people like Anthony Gonzalez that leave, who are they leaving in charge? So, you know, as they leave, the Republican Party, as I read in the piece, you know, whatever happens next year, the Republican Party that's left is going to be meaner, dumber, crazier, and more beholden to Trump, the you know twice impeached, uh, disgraced, defeated ex-president, than ever. And so this is the dilemma that a lot of these uh, congressmen and senators face. Do I stay or do I go? I'm not so sure it all changes when Trump is no longer a dominant influence, because, you know, something's, something's in the ether out there that put him in office and is causing a large number of people to want to see him return. If he's no longer there, what then becomes of this landscape, according to Charles Sykes, who's the editor-at-large of The Bulwark? That's an excellent question. And I, by the way, Michael, I agree with you about that. I, I think you, you, were, you removed Trump from the, the, the picture. Maybe the immediate threat of you know, a second coup goes away, but it doesn't change this kind of environment. And there's something out there. I mean, you're, you're watching... For example, in Anthony Gonzalez's home state of Ohio, a Republican Senate primary between J.D. Vance and Josh Mandel, it seems to be this uh, this race to who can, you know, a race to the bottom. You know, who can be more trolly on their Twitter feed or more offensive or dumber? And I think that that's going to continue. So un- until until other Republicans stand up and begin to speak out against this and say, hey, whoa, we, you know, Not only should this not be a cult of personality, but, you know, we cannot continue to pursue this kind of style of politics until they stand up and are are more are willing to, uh, you know, take a, you know, push back against all this. I don't see anything changing, which is why, you know, people like Liz Cheney and, and Adam Kinzinger are so lonely right now. But the future of the Republican Party is not up to them. It's not up to those that small little band. It's it's really up to that vast majority of Republicans who either stay and remain silent or, frankly, who are just simply can't take it and walk away. Charlie, a final observation. What you're noting taking place in the Congress is something that I did a segment on recently on radio on a local level, actually focused on school boards 
because Michelle Cottle wrote a piece in the New York Times that caused me to pay attention local to what's going on in the area where I've spent my entire life. There are a lot of good people who are saying, hey, I'm not going to put up with with all the vitriol I'm now subjected to when I'm getting paid nothing and volunteering my time to serve in the local school board. And I made your observation, which is, who do you think is going to fill that vacuum? It's going to be scary. Well, you're right. And and this is happening um, all across the country uh, at the school board level, uh, among elections officials as right. well. Yes. Um, other other people who are going, I don't need this. I do not need this in my life. Um, it's it is it is really a thankless job. And every time you see one of those scenes of a school board meeting going crazy, you know, try to imagine what it's like being a member of this board. You get paid absolutely nothing. It's nothing but hassle. And they're looking at each other going, why, why, why would I subject myself to this? But the question you're asking is the key. If good, decent, honorable, principled people walk away from public service, who takes their place? Right. Charles, excellent. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Charlie Sykes is the editor-at-large of The Bulwark, and this piece that he wrote for Politico is terrific. And right now, in all my social media, we had it posted yesterday at Smirconish.com, but right now it's in my Twitter feed, and you can easily find it. I feel like you uh, were the vanguard of the sane. You left the Republican Party even before all of this. Wait a minute, TC. So, too, did Charlie. I know. Charlie was the guy for Wisconsin. The guy. The radio guy. And you were the guy for Pennsylvania. And so you two are kindred spirits. That's my point. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a badge of honor the way that I, I hear you say it. And I accept it. I, abs- I absolutely the, accept but it. But it's the truth, Michael. I'm looking around this studio. You were the place to stop for presidential so candidates. I mean, oh, so oh, hello, true. George W. Bush. Oh, right. hello, George H.W. Bush. Oh, hello. I mean, you were the place to come. Oh, and then, wait, hey, there you are with President Obama. What what, what happened? What happened here? <laughs> well, and, and not only that, but you remember how <clears throat> ugly it was in 2008. I was the one. I was still screening calls then, Michael. <laughs> you were, you I got tearful. I mean, I was yelled at and sworn at on, and and spat at through the phone and hung up on. It was insane. It was an incredible era. It really was. I could have done it differently. I didn't have to say anything about for whom I was voting. One thing you'll remember, TC, I never told people what they should do. I didn't you come in and don't. say. Except for you say I never, they should get vaxxed. I never you came say in. That. Of course, on that. I know, I'm just saying. No, but in 2008, in that cycle, when for the first time in my life I was voting for a Democrat for president of the United States, I felt like I needed to come in and explain on air exactly why I was doing that. And you did. And people went batshit. It's funny, too, because I, you know, you often talk about how in the old days, in our era, you sort of were what your parents are. Yeah. I grew up Republican, and I, I was never as strong politically as you were. That that in that time period where the people were calling and yelling at me because of what you did <laughs> yes. turned me against the oh, right well, wait, wait, forever. Wait, wait, you remember that's and it. I that was it for me. I was I, like, I'm done here. I don't for a moment believe this, but I do want people to know, POTUS listeners across the country, that the reason they were so angry with me was the importance placed in the 2008 cycle on the Philadelphia suburbs 
and the role they thought I had. Oh, no, no. It was all because of you. Because of the me. President the President Obama won. Go, got elected. Yeah. Because of me, the burbs turned. Mm-hmm. And because of me, Pennsylvania went right. for Obama. And therefore, because of me, right. Obama became the president. It was all my fault. I'm still hearing about it on Twitter. I don't think a Saturday <laughs> goes by without someone saying, hey, remember when? Do they, do they realize when they give me that credit, like they're just making me boastful? Like, they're, they're just elevating uh, yeah, you. Yeah, that would be me. Yeah. yeah Put exactly. that on my epitaph. Yeah. All right. Listen, beyond me, because of course I'm happy to talk about me, but I would much rather talk about Charlie Sykes' observation. See, here's here's the issue. The issue is I don't see how the GOP ever swings back. Not in, I mean, I don't see, swings back to what? To sanity. To a period when someone like, yeah, TC referenced George H.W. Bush. Let me frame it this way, because I want to be fair. The Republican Party's doing just fine. That's the irony. The Republican Party, like Charlie and I are like, holy crap, what happened to the GOP? GOP is probably going to retake control of the House of Representatives next year. More legislatures, state legislatures are controlled by Republicans than Democrats. More gubernatorial mansions are controlled by Republicans than Democrats. So, you know, the GOP is alive and well. I don't see the pendulum swinging back to a point where someone like Charlie, Charlie Sykes, or yours truly, is comfortable re-upping my membership. I can't see that happening. I, I just don't. And so many, you know, we're talking about the number of House Republicans who've retired because they don't want to be a part of this any longer, or as as Charlie uh, Sykes was calling it, this exodus of the sane, the self-deportation of the, of the sane. But it's also taking place among voters who become independents. And I don't see it swinging back because the Republican leadership says, why should we change? We've got a winning formula. Don't you know? Donald Trump won, what, 74, 5 million votes. Donald Trump won more votes than any other person who ever ran for president except Joe Biden. So, yeah. So he you know, he and I are clutching our pearls, right? Charlie and I are clutching our pearls and the party's thriving. The party's doing just fine. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds.